Hello, welcome to the Rancho Cordova podcast brought to you by the California Capitol Film Office. My name is Charles Lego and I'm your host. On today's show, I'm delighted to speak with Robert J. McGarvey. After that, it, uh, uh, I was in a coma for 17 days. Wow. And when I came out, uh, I had aphasia and I had to learn how to read and write and walk wow. and talk again. So it was a serious accident. Yeah, it yeah. was. Uh, this side of my head is a plate. Um, uh, the right thigh was broken, my left wrist and left uh, ankle, and my skull was wow. crushed on there. So you were very lucky. Yeah, yeah. very fortunate, yeah. Bob started a committee in favor of the Rancho Cordova incorporating as a city in 1986 and chaired the committee until Rancho Cordova voted for cityhood in November 2002, as well as served on two other incorporation committees. Robert McGarvey was one of the five community leaders elected to the first city council members, and he served on the city council for 18 years with various terms as mayor and vice mayor. Bob has been a steadfast leader in many community, church, and school organizations and activities. He was named Rancho Cordova Man of the Year by the Grapevine Independent Newspaper in 1987. Robert J. McGarvey Elementary School was named after him in 2016. He was named Rancho Cordovan of the Year in 2022 by the Cordova Community Council. Robert McGarvey stays busy today, even in retirement. He is currently a member of the Folsom Lake College Philanthropy Board, Folsom Lake College Veterans Committee, Sacramento YOLO Mosquito and Vector Control Board, the Rancho Cordova Food Locker Board, and the Rancho Cordova Chamber of Commerce. He was also an active member of the Mather Restoration Advisory Board since 1994 and the Cordova Community Council since 1995. During his tenure on the city council, Bob formed a sister city citizens committee that resulted in Turiabla, Costa Rica, becoming a sister city with Rancho Cordova. He started the annual Rancho Cordova Veterans Day and Memorial Day celebrations. And he also worked for 11 years to open Mather Veterans Village, the first permanent supportive housing development for homeless and disabled veterans in the Sacramento region. We certainly have a lot to talk about. I hope you enjoy the show. Bob McGarvey, thank you very much for being with us on the Rancho Cordova podcast. And let's just get straight into it. Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and how long you've been in Rancho Cordova and how you came to land in Rancho Cordova. And then we'll get into everything else after that. All right, well, I grew up in Indiana, in Jeffersonville, Indiana, it's around the Ohio River, across from Louisville, Kentucky. Um, I graduated from high school there and then uh, joined the Air Force. I went down to basic training in November of 1961. When I was going to high school, there was no one wondering about whether they're gonna go in the military or not, just which one you're going to go into. Well, I decided I'd go in the Air Force. So that's where I was. And it went from uh, basic training to a school, six months in uh, Chanute Air Force Base outside of Rantoul, Illinois. And I finished from there and then went down to um, Chenault Air Force Base outside of Lake Charles, Louisiana. That was Strategic Air Command. It was a 
bomb wing. 68 was the one that was the B-47 bombers. And I was there during the Cuban Missile Crisis. Oh. It made things very interesting, to say yeah. the least. Because we were close to, as far as intents and purposes, to Cuba. Right. Right down there. So um, when that finally settled, then they uh, closed the base because they were getting rid of the B-47s. And they didn't have room for the uh, B-52s. And they needed more uh, place for them to flight, you know. So they... Um, Closed it down, and my orders sent me to Mather, and I landed there in March of 1963, and I stayed there until November of 1965. Okay, and then we'll leave it there. Okay. So let me ask some questions. So um, did you say that in 1961, when you left high school, it was the military, the military, or the military? Is that what you – yeah? Pretty much, yeah. Really? Because the draft was going on. Ah, okay. And uh, so I thought, well, I'd rather – Pick the uh, branch that I want rather than okay. just waiting until I got drafted. Okay, so most people out of high school would that military would be first stop, right? Yep. And what did you do in the Air Force? What was your job? Well, I was in the uh, field maintenance squadron. I did uh, ground power. That's mobile units that go on the flight line and everything from uh, turbine engines to lights for the um, people to work on it at night to work on. Uh, uh, engines and then oh. and work on them going and do oh, it. so see. the uh, generators and alternators so work. like an electrician kind of yeah. thing yeah yeah okay and that worked out very well for me yeah okay so tell us about your parents who were your parents um it's uh alberta uh mcgarvey and robert mcgarvey yeah uh, and what did they do what, well, was, what he, did your dad do well he was uh he worked for um dupont and um he was in the uh CBs during World War II. Okay. Out in the Pacific. Um, my mother was a registered nurse, and that's what um, she did for the, uh, um, oh, I guess she was in the, uh, in the surgeon uh, office for, yeah. uh, for a good long time. Right. But then um, uh, things happened sometimes, and they separated, and, uh, but they both kept on working with uh, the jobs they were doing. Right. So um, uh, after I graduated from high school, then I went into the Air Force. Into the Air Force. Yeah. And then what kind of a student were you? Was Bob McGarvey a good student? Yeah, pretty much. About, yeah. a, about a B. B, yeah. You <laughs> like school? Yeah, yeah. I like school. Yeah. Uh, it was uh, a lot of fun. And uh, sometimes it was kind of uh, hard. Yeah. But then um, I was going to... Uh, parochial school right and they were pretty strict, strict on yeah. uh what kind of uh lessons you had to have and learn and everything so it was uh but you learn a lot with that right and so you right out of high school you uh, so when you were in high school did you know that military was going to be you know the air force was going to be your career choice did yeah, you plan I, I on did. staying yeah yeah because the uh i was going looking at the marines and the navy and the army and the air force right and the, of all of them, I thought the Air Force would Air be Force, the best yeah. for me. Yeah. So that was going to be your career choice, yeah. not like a three-year stint and then something else? Well, it was um, you signed up for six years. Oh, six years. I had four years active and two years reserve. Oh, okay. And then I didn't um, go any further than that. But, oh, uh, so you only did six years. Right. Okay. So then you came to Mather, to the Air Force Base, 
right? Right. And then you ended your career with the Air Force. Right. Okay. So what did you so you were relatively still young, six years later. You right. were in your like early twenties. Right. Well, I was twenty two when I finished my active duty. Okay. Um, and my wife and I were married the day after I got out of the active duty in the Air Force. Right. Uh, we met at a USO dance. Okay. In downtown Sacramento. Right. So we um, got married, and I still had that two years of uh, the uh, reserves reserve to do. But um, with the draft going, there was no one calling up the reserves right. anyway. So, so I've met your wife several times, and yes. she's a very lovely lady. Talk Thank about you. your wife. Yeah. Well, she has been. Uh, Tell us uh, what's her name. Terry. 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 Yeah. Yeah. And she um, and I um, just kind of hit it just right. Yeah. Uh, like I said, we met at the. A dance with the USO. Wow. Um, and it was um, uh, something that just worked out really well. About a year and a half, um, we met and uh, decided that she said yes when I asked her to marry me. And uh, so that was very good. And, right. Um, she had already gotten um, two years of uh, college. But after that, um, after we got married, then we went on to, I worked for the phone company. She hired, they hired me rather to, uh, work because my background was electronics right and i wasn't going to be drafted again so they were very happy to get me to come in to work for them right uh, and so i did and yeah. i worked for the phone, phone company actually for 33 years wow what did you do for them what was your range of jobs for them well i worked in the central office yeah and uh, uh, that's when there's trunks would come into the ground and uh, we would hook it up to equipment for people right. for dial tone or maybe lottery or everything like that. And uh, I was uh, doing that in 1968. Wow. Um, I was, we had our first child in March. In May, I had a motorcycle accident. Man made a U-turn in front of me. Wow. And I was... Um, uh, you were on the uh, motorcycle? Yeah. 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 Just getting from there to... Uh, City Air Force Base, right? I mean, City Air Force Base, the City College, right? And uh, after that, it uh, uh, I was in a coma for 17 days. Wow! And when I came out, uh, I had aphasia, and I had to learn how to read and write and walk wow. and talk again. So it was a serious accident. Yeah, it yeah. Was, yeah. This side of my head is a plate. Um, uh, the right thigh was broken. My left wrist and left uh, ankle and. My skull was wow. crushed on there. So you were very lucky. Yeah. yeah. Very fortunate. Yeah. yeah. So you ran into the guy. He made the U-turn. And yeah. you ran yeah. into him, which yeah. obviously you fell off. And right. Yeah. There was that... about 51 feet, the police said. Wow. I don't remember it. No. But that's what they said. So. Yeah, yeah. Was there crash helmets mandatory in those days? No. No, I had one, but I let my uh, best friend borrow it. Okay. So that day I didn't have it. Oh, okay. <laughs> so that's, yeah. Um, and... and and it took you a while to recover from that? Right. And, um, uh, but I thought after I started getting to read and talk again and everything, I thought it would be worthwhile to try to go back to college. Yeah. Because I was going to college to, uh, to get my AA and then go on to Sac State right. to uh, get my bachelor's. But I thought, well, I have to try one class to see if I would be able to make it. Or not. Right. So I took... Um, well, we're going to take something simple like underwater basket weaving or something, you yeah. know. But I thought, I can't hold my breath that long. So right. I took a physics class, and I passed that. You did. Okay. And then I went to City College and finished that, got my AA, and then moved on to Sac State. Okay. 
And what I got was my, your uh, government uh, was my major? Right. And then we're going to talk. And then you became very active in government. We're going to talk about that. But um, with the phone company, did you rise up the ranks with them? No, I could have. They asked yeah. me to do that, but I was more interested in um, some community things right. rather than um, going up into a promotion and then the next one up and the next one up. And right. I thought, no, I'm just going to stay yeah. where I knew yeah. what I was doing. Stability. Yeah. Yeah. No pressures. Right. And how many children do you have now? We have four children. Four. And, um, and I met eight. one of your granddaughters the other day. Okay. Right. Yeah. She's seven years old. And, yeah. Uh, She's the youngest. We have uh, eight. Eight grandchildren? Yes. So so she and her five, four brothers live in Ranch Cordova, about a mile from us. Oh. And then there's um, three daughters in uh, Florida, uh, stepdaughters. Yeah. And uh, our granddaughter, is another granddaughter, lives in Oregon. Okay. So they're spread out a little. Do you yeah. get together from time to time? Well, we haven't been able to. No, um, because We're, of we're COVID, trying to yeah. get... Uh, well, actually, got everybody except uh, um, Sarah is yeah. her name, okay. and she's one in Oregon. So when you um, went to Mather Air Force Base, and Mather is a very obviously a very famous place in Rancho Cordova, mm -hmm. it was an active Air Force Base, oh, presumably. Yeah. yeah. So tell us about those days. What what was the buzz? I drove by Mather the other day, actually, and I saw some helicopters landing. And when you drive there around the streets, it's abandoned. There's, you know, you're the only car on the road. Um, but I would imagine when the airbase was very active, there was a lot of activity. Oh, there was, so, right. So tell us about that. Uh, well, they had the uh, navigator training there. And it ended up before Mather closed. That was the only Air Force base in which they had navigator training. It was very busy there. And we also had the uh, Strategic Air Command there. B-52s, right, uh, and it was uh, uh, 320th Bomb Wing. Um, so that was uh, also bringing more people there. Uh, it was, um, like most military bases, uh, you have people from around the world, uh, from across the country. So you have a mix of uh, all kinds of cultures and all kinds of people, and that was really one of the best things, I think, that happened, is that in the military you learned about yourself, right. you learned about them, and it was uh, something that made things much easier for life to go by, I think, yeah. when uh, we had so many people there. And was, when like you, I said, it was very busy. When you left the Air Force, you decided to stay in Rancho Cordova. Right. Yeah. yeah. So you're working for the phone company. At what point did you become interested in local politics? Well, the first thing I did was um, the uh, church, St. John Vianney's Catholic Church. Uh, they had a um, community... Uh, council uh only it's the church council so somebody in the about eight people who are elected then anyway to uh, be on the uh, council and they help the pastor uh, from banking to building to everything the people could offer anything that they can do to help and that's what we did so i was on i was elected to that and um, that was from 1975 until 1979 um, two years on each one and it was, uh, I learned a lot, but also used, uh, I was represented to use that to use that for the uh, community council, which began in 1959. Um, that makes connections 
right. throughout Rancho Cordova. That's one of the reasons it worked as well as it did when we were working on becoming a city. Right. The, the uh, community council connect, made connections. Right. And they were already there. So, of course, we've had Sherry Blanchard on this show, and, and I know the community council very well. Were you instrumental in the formation of the community council? No. They, no, uh, formed, they were already there? Yeah, they were already doing yeah. that because I didn't come until I was in the Air Force in 63. Right. So I didn't really get involved in the community council until I was uh, representing the church um, there at the community council. And that's when I learned about the community council, actually. Right. Um, eventually, I ended up um, being um, president in 1986. And then two years, 1992, 1993, I was elected president of the community council again. And it was, uh, that was a very uh, rich uh, kind of a culture, you might say. But so many people learn so much. You can tell anyone that's there uh, what your church is doing, what your school board school is doing, what your uh, scouts are doing. Um, everybody learns about the community that way by going right. to the community council. Every lunch, uh, a lunch rather, every every uh, uh, every month we have it on the uh, third Friday. Right. So it's it was uh, a lot. We learned quite a bit then, and I learned as we went that. Um, there was a try in 1978 to see if we would uh, become a city. And yeah. I thought, well, my uh, college was government, and I thought, well, it makes sense for Ranch Cordova to become a city. So I you tried as early as 1978 to do this, really? Right. Wow. Right. That's yeah. at least, so 78, eight, that's like 20 years before it actually happened. Right. Yeah? Yeah. Uh, we... Um, but things kind of happened right then. Seventy-eight is also when Prop 13 passed. Right. And that legislation needed to pass to make sure that a new city would get property tax. And so that was a couple of years, and so that didn't go. Then 1983, a gentleman I worked with all the way was named George Bernash. Uh-huh. Um, and he uh, started a committee in uh, 1983, and that went to a certain point and then stopped. And then I found some legislation was being passed by the county that would uh, uh, make it really difficult for a new community to become a city. They had some legislation that said uh, it would be up to the county to decide how much, if any, property tax the city would get. And I thought, that doesn't quite seem right to me. So I fought them. From then, I started my own committee in uh, January of 1986, and I chaired that until we voted in 2002 November right so it was a long uh, was long, a long process yeah and who who were the people like I know the people who were involved in 2000 but like going back to 78 when you're planning this and the long 20-year plan who was who was around that's around today like for example was Linda Budge yes uh, Linda they were all around back okay. George Bernash was there um, yeah. uh, and and um, I'm trying to think. A lot of the people that were there in the community council have uh, either passed on or uh, uh, have moved back east, maybe where their family is or right. something like that. And also the um, uh, Chamber of Commerce right. was a kind of a joint uh, right. effort trying between the two to see about becoming a city. Right. Um, but as I said, in 78, that also was uh, stopped because of the legislation. So, the Chamber, I think, isn't, aren't they celebrating their 50th anniversary, right? Well, the, this year is their 20 years as a city. Right. Yeah. And um, but before, the chamber is doing 60 years. 60 years. Yeah. That's right. 
Yeah. yeah so they've been around 60 years. That's wow. right. Wow. Okay. Yeah. yeah, they came in, uh, uh, chartered in 1963. But they were the Chamber of Commerce of what? Of Rancho Cordova? Uh -huh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So now we fast forward to 2000. So tell us, and we've talked to a lot of people because we've had Linda Barge and we've had David Sander and Myrus and uh -huh. Cyrus rather. But, you know, everybody refers to you as the father of cityhood. So like you're the founding father of, uh, of this city. So, uh, well, that's kind of uh, because I'm stubborn. I guess yeah. you could say. Yeah. And um, no matter what the uh, county was trying to do, I was able to uh, get back. And uh, like with the phone company, I worked in the graveyard shift. So I would get off in the morning about 7.30, then I would come home and change clothes, then go downtown to the county building and uh, be there for all the meetings. Um, this Don is Mattoli, before you slept? On occasion. Yeah, wow. <laughs> Okay. Um, and Natoli asked me once at one of the meetings, he said, do you ever sleep? I told him the same thing on occasion. You know. Yeah. But it, um, I kept on top of things. And uh, that from then until when I started my own committee in 86, and then uh, just kept on going. We had to stop in um, 87 because the county sued uh, their own LAFCO because they said, Citrus Heights should be able to become a city. And the county said no. And Citrus Heights countersued them. And it ended up being actually about four or five years and it got all the way to the U.S. Supreme Court. And they said that the uh, only people in Citrus Heights would be able to vote, not the whole county. Right. So that, we started again. So I really was really going again in 1995. Um, that's when some uh, people started joining the committee again. Uh, George Bernash was still with us, um, and still is. And uh, Dave Roberts and uh, I think um, Shelley Blanchard was there about, I think she was the editor of the Grapevine. Yeah, she was, yeah. 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 And um, uh, so we had some people uh, that Linda were joining. Budge. Yeah. Linda Budge? Yep. Yeah. Yep. She was there too. Okay. Uh, Kurt Haven was the... Uh, CEO of the Chamber of Commerce. Right. And he was in, very involved in it. He was all for it. And I had a lot of communities, um, members, and different people from different businesses. Uh, they would come and go because they wouldn't have the ability to keep on going like I did. Right. Um, I was just, as I said, stubborn. So yeah. I kept on going. Persistent. Maybe better than stubborn. Persistent. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so from 1978 to 2000, you really spearheaded. You didn't give up. No. You, they kept saying no, putting obstacles in the way, but you persisted and yeah. kept going. Yeah. Right. And uh, so eventually we uh, end up with the uh, boundaries and everything. And uh, uh, the local agency formation commission said yes for your answer, Cordova. It went to the county supervisors and they voted yes. That was the only three of them there, but that's all we needed. Right. Was uh, three votes. So right. we got that. And then November of uh, 2002. Um, we voted, and the people in the community voted to become a city, and they voted five council members. It was kind of interesting. We had 21 candidates for those five seats. I was one of the five. That who, was who, um, who voted for the council members? The people. People. Yeah, right. yeah. So it went to election. Right. There was 21 candidates, really? Uh -huh. Wow. Right. One of them was against becoming a city, but he was running anyway. So wow. 
Interesting. <laughs> so they were the 21 down to the five. Yeah. Wow. So, uh, do you remember the five? Yeah. Um, Dave Roberts. Yep. Uh, and Linda Budge. Yep. Uh, David Sander. Yep. Uh, Ken Cooley. Wow. And me. Wow. All still around except um, Dave Roberts, right? Right. Yeah. Wow. So it's a lot of longevity here. Yes. So you were elected to the city council, and if I'm correct, Dave Roberts was the first mayor, right? Right. Yeah. And then Cyrus, he was, well, you had an original city manager, but right. then very quickly Cyrus sort well, of replaced. Cyrus, right, because Cyrus was, we took his, uh, put him in uh, as a city manager. Uh, Ted Gabler was the first city, man city manager. He was, he wrote a book called Reinventing Government. Right. And a lot of people knew him across the country. And, right. The book, uh, yeah. the book took off. Yeah. yeah. So uh, we had him as our first one. And we were really fortunate we did because he had been around for quite a long time going to other uh, four different states in different cities, helping them get things straight. But at Ranch Curto was the first time he'd been at the beginning of one. So he was really for that. And so we uh, did everything. He showed us connection to the National City, uh, League of Cities to the League of California cities and on to all kinds of connections that a lot of us wouldn't have known about if uh, he hadn't told us. Wow. So we learned a lot that way. So why did he not stay as city manager? He had, um, uh, I think at home, he had some things he wanted to do. And uh, he was also going to um, uh, do something in the with the state uh, on all the city managers oh, across the state. Okay. So it was a different kind of a uh, avenue for him to go. Okay. Yeah. So his expertise was being a city manager. That was yeah. his expertise. Yeah. And then Cyrus, he worked, I think, for either the county or for the city of Sacramento. Well, I he believe. Worked, yeah, he worked for the county, county. and then uh, we hired and him. And then he worked in the in the city planning or engineer or no, he's public works. Public Eng works. He's an engineer. Yeah. And then he then becomes the city manager. Right. And this is like 2002? About 2015. Oh, 15? Yeah. Yeah. And um, we had a, uh, when, when uh, Ted Gabler left and we had a uh, city manager for a year and um, decided that we wanted to have someone else. We yeah. Thanked him for doing it, giving us his year and then he went on. But then we hired uh, uh, Cyrus. Yeah, I think Cyrus probably, wasn't he close to 20 years, maybe? 18? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. He was with us a long time. Yeah. Um, and so the city council, there was, because I remember when I came here in 2019, 20, you were the mayor. I remember that I came, you won't remember, but I had a meeting and we I was sitting up in the lobby, up in the upstairs lobby at City Hall and the mayor's office is right there. And you were there and you came out and introduced yourself. This was, I was brand new to this city then. So the city council has consisted of you, Linda Budge, and David Sander since the beginning. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And how many terms mayor did you serve? I was on four different times. Four mayors. I was vice mayor four years. And... Um, it's certainly well. The city of Folsom and Citrus Heights and Isleton and Galt, they all have the same thing. The council chooses um, who is going to be mayor for that year. Right. It could be more than one year if you want, if that's what the council asks for. Um, but uh, the two cities, Sacramento and Elk Grove, have a mayor's race. Right. Uh, Sacramento's for four years, and the people in Elk Grove 
um, vote a mayor into two years only. Oh, two then years they can times. go again, but that's only for two years. Okay. But the rest of them, the council chooses who the mayor is going to be. So in the in the whole twenty plus years that you were either on the city council or as mayor. If I was to ask you for the three most significant changes that you oversaw or that you were involved with, what would they be? I think probably the thing is with the, um, uh, we have an international um, sister city, Toyama, Costa Rica yeah. is our one. That was one of the things I thought would be just right for Ranch Cordova. Um, and the other thing that I think would be working um, for the uh, veterans. Yeah. Because in 2006, I was mayor and um, started the um, committee to have uh, a celebration uh, honoring our veterans on Memorial Day and Veterans Day. And we've had that since then. The only time we had to stop was like 2018. We had everything set up to uh, uh, honor the veterans on Veterans Day. But there was so much smoke from those uh, fires, ah. like when Paradise burned down oh. and all that smoke was in the air and the band couldn't play. Right, right. I mean, it's unhealthy. Not, yeah. So that we had to stop that one. But we've been doing that. We're going to have uh, uh, Memorial Day again this year. It's right. going to be in the uh, theater there at right. Cordova High School. Right. Um, so were you instrumental in the sister city from Costa Rica? Was that your brainchild? Really? Yeah. Why Costa Rica? Uh, that was one of the ones that we uh, talked to. Yeah. Uh, and the uh, um, mayor of uh, Toriaba um, came, actually, after we uh, decided to do Toriaba, Costa Rica. There were some people in our city that uh, were from there. And uh, a lot of people could speak Spanish. And um, unfortunately, I don't. I have a very <clears throat> limited uh, Spanish. Right. Uh, I mean, after I was in that motorcycle action, I thought I was fortunate to have to say English. Right. Much less. <laughs> right. Right. But what it is, was. Uh, it was. Uh, that was my uh, thing. And the other thing was getting the veterans. Uh, and then the other thing was the uh, uh, veterans village. Yeah. Uh, that was. Uh, Were you involved thing. in the formation I, of veterans? I, I, yeah. yeah. I that was, was your I was, brainchild. Yeah, it was my mine. Yeah. So I'm not. I. Uh, um, called the uh, supervisor, Don Natoli, and asked him to come to a meeting in our city hall. And I said, you know, it's really wrong to have a military installation, but no room for the military. Right. So many veterans are uh, homeless. Right. Uh, after they spend however many years they're in right. for, a, for a career or for right. two years, four years, whatever. But there was no place for them to go. Right. So started working on that, and that took... I started that in 2008, and we had the groundbreaking ceremony in 2014. Uh, a lot of things take a lot longer than you think they should. Right, right. So I've been trying to actually have someone from Veterans Village on this show, but I, it's really hard to crack. <laughs> who? Maybe you can help me with that. Okay. But because I, you know, I'm interested. What is Veterans Village? And for people who have just moved here. You know, and they hear Veterans Village. It sounds very grand. Is it a village full of veterans? What is it? What is Veterans Village? It is a uh, permanent housing for homeless, former homeless veterans. And we started building 50 apartments, and they can stay there all their lives if they want. 
a lot of them will um, look for jobs and they'll find something, but they'll have a roof over their head and they don't have to live in, along the river or wherever they were before. So they had a place to live. And that was one of the most important things to me is to have a place for the veterans to move in and to live. So they were ha had to be uh, ones who were uh, homeless veterans, but now they're in the first 50 and we had 50 more apartments built. And so they've got 100 apartments. Then that two-story building in the middle is uh, transitional. There's 50 beds on the second story. And the beds, veterans can be in there for up to two years. Wow. Uh, learning. Um, and is it full? Themselves. Are they full? Are yes. they full? Fully yeah. occupied? Yeah. Yeah. You know, There's a list of people trying to get in. There is? Wow. So, you know, I've never understood why homelessness is so prevalent amongst veterans. Can you explain why that would be? I think a lot of them are, um, they leave and they come back with the job that they learned in the military. But a good part of the time, they don't, they can't find a job that will give them the ability to work with the skills they have. Uh, some of them are just uh, like, maybe they, they're working with uh, uh, the army and the, uh, they have the cannons that they have to shoot, and they're really good at it. Um, but like my son, for instance, he was in the Air Force for 21 years. The first 12 years, he was a police and he was a combat arms instructor. Now, if you're a combat arms instructor, you can be really good at that. But you don't make an awful lot of money if you come out to, on that. So after 12 years, he changed his career field to civil engineering. And he did the big earth movers and everything. Oh, like I see. So... He changed on that. A lot of people uh, have done that, but a lot of them haven't. So the skills that you get in the military, whatever they are, they don't really transfer back into civilian life. Not not uh, like when you have, like I said, like the... Uh, the more specialized uh, stuff, yeah. yeah. Right. But it, a lot of them are um, they worked on uh, uh, the equipment for the uh, dial tone. Uh, so they could just go right into the phone company right. when they got out. Or if they were in... Uh, uh, earth movers, then they can do that when they come out, writing contracts, you know, with uh, all kinds of um, building homes and building constructions for uh, um, big offices and things like that. But those, those are the ones who are fortunate and can do that. Others, um, they have problems maybe with uh, uh, trying to get out of the military because a lot of the times it's kind of a, a stressful thing. Right. Well, I think Vietnam for sure, but the Iraq and Afghanistan war, a lot of it is PTSD related, right? They yep. come out, they're suffering from traumatic brain injury or PTSD. And, mm -hmm. you know, certainly in the early days of PTSD with Iraq and Afghanistan, nobody understood it. You know, the military did not recognize that it was a real thing. Right. So does that lead to addiction maybe? that Sometimes they, it yeah. did. So with Veterans Village, do they have addiction sort of resources? and Yeah, it's and that's one of the things that was really nice about that. The um, property that we got after I worked with Don Matoli, our supervisor, um, we got the property there. It's only a block from the VA hospital. So they can go there and everything from uh, physical to mental to yeah. whatever they need, right. they can get it there at the VA hospital. And when they live there, they're for free? No, they, uh, they have to pay something. Yeah, yeah, they pay something in there, but it's it's uh, something that uh, allows them to stay there with whatever they come in. Some of them have um, uh, help from the um, military. Sometimes they have uh, money from 
uh, welfare. Uh, it's all according to where the money comes in from for them. Right. But it's uh, something that they can afford. Yeah. And they can stay there. Well, I, d I did not know that you were behind or one of the forces behind Veterans Village. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah, that was, that was uh, like I said, it was just, it really um, bugged me that we had uh, military installation. Even though it was closed, it was something that was used and still used. And, um, but there was no place for the military to come right. in. And uh, I thought, with all the buildings here and all the space we have, we should be able to do that. So I started working on that. It took a few years. Yeah. But, but you did it. Yeah. Yeah. So as someone who served at Mather Air Force Base, and you obviously saw it close, and then you were living here, t talk a little about the impact of the closure of the Air Force Base. How well, did that change the city? That changed the city. Um, well, the first thing that changed the city was uh, when Aerojet uh, lost some of its contracts. Right. Because at its peak, um, I mean, they started building homes in 1953 uh, in uh, Ranch Cordova. And you had homes then and apartments for people who worked at Aerojet and for the people at Mather also. And, uh, but then in 1965, 66, something like that, is when a lot of the contracts for Aerojet were done. So they ended up going from, say, 22,000 employees to 4,000. So a lot of the homes were empty. They had to leave and uh, find someplace else. Right. So we had a lot of empty homes. We got our first, my wife and I got our first home in Ranch Cordova in 1967. Uh, it was one of the ones that the uh, Aerojet people had um, had to leave. Uh, so it was uh, kind of funny thinking about the cost of homes back then. Yeah. A little bit cheaper you than you are yours? now. $10? <laughs> no, no. I mean, it's incredible prices yeah. of homes now. Yeah. Prices of homes and rents. I mean, it's just very unaffordable i don't know how some people honestly how they do it because it's think some so of them, expensive yeah some of them don't i no, think those are the ones no. that end up on the street or living on the car as is evidenced by driving around downtown sacramento mm -hmm. yeah you could see it yeah. um so back to the city is there another key accomplishment that we can put down to bob mcgarvey to the father of the city well let's see um, working with the um, uh, citizens, I was the um, only one who was retired, so to speak. Right. Uh, I had 33 years with a phone company. And uh, 1999, January, I uh, retired from them. Then um, I uh, substitute taught for five years. Oh. And um, so from 1999, 2000, 2001, 2002, till June of 2003, but I was sworn into office in July of 2003. Right. So that's when I decided to make that my full-time career. Thing. Local politics, so, yeah. yeah. So I just uh, would be in my office every day. Yeah. And usually it was a, um, a surprise person who would come in and they would actually talk to an elected official. Yeah. Because most of the time they aren't there. Right. So that's what I did. I had uh, I was the one that was there to listen to people, um, to uh, answer some questions. If they say, "How do you do this?" and I said, "Well, I don't have all the skill answers or skills for this, but 
if you go down to Cyrus right. in public works, he right. can help you. Right. Well, other, others, you know. So I mean, you knew how to point them in the right yeah. direction. Yeah. yeah. Which is the important thing, of course. Yeah. Yeah. Some of them just wanted to talk. Yeah. And then today, you're very active still. I mean, I every time I go to a meeting and they announce the board, please stand up, up you get. How many boards are you on these days? Well, let's see. I was on the one for the Folsom Lake College. Um, that one, I was also working on that to get the uh, campus here in Ranch right. Cordova. They, they, were, they had classes here. Right. But they just leased um, empty spaces to have their classes. Oh, so when you were built, instrumental yeah. in the Folsom College on Folsom, on Folsom there? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. How long has that been there? That looks like a new building. It is. It's yeah. only about... Five years, I think. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, and that's a, that's a guess. I might be a year or two wrong. Yeah, but yeah. Anyway, um, but what they did that, and I thought that's something that's really going to be uh, important. And I said something else that needs to be done is that uh, Mill Station, right across the street from it, it's a perfect place for people to get on light rail, walk across the street, and they're your college. Right. So right. It, it would make it very easy for that. Right. But I said I also want to make sure that that is a, a comfortable and nice, safe place. Right. People can get off of the right. light rail. Right. And go to college. Right. So, you know, that was uh, one of the things I think that helped a lot to, to get the uh, uh, people coming to that. Right now, I'm, I'm uh, still waiting to see when they're going to start coming back to the regular classes because right. a lot of people are still at home yeah. using their computer. No, I, I definitely remember when I first came here, 2019. And I would drive by, and it was very active. Students in and out, in and out. I don't think they fully returned since, no. since the pandemic days. No. Yeah, because no, I never haven't. see anybody in and out of there now. Uh, and I'm I'm hoping that uh, it will be uh, fairly soon. Uh, we'll start getting some of the people coming back again. Right. I mean, we have a, a, a parking lot for just students. Right. And uh, it's empty also. Well, the yeah. cultural center is going to be right next door now. The new cultural center. Maybe that'll spur right. the life there it might help, yeah yeah and also the uh, uh a bond that was passed in 2007 is what gave us the money to build that right uh, and we also have the money to build a second building and they were going to do that because they had to end up with uh, classes in the morning classes in the evening because there were over 2500 students going to that building and so they're going to build a second building now they still have the money but i'm not sure i haven't heard about uh if the plans are still to build that second building right next to the one that's already there. Right. Or if they're waiting to see when things come back come again. Back. Yeah. Yeah. So what other board? Are you on the food locker board? Right. Yeah. I'm on that um, uh, food locker because it's uh, uh, such a, a, a need anymore. A lot of right. people are working full time. But by the end of the month, a lot of people are finding it kind of hard to yeah. get the food. Yeah. So they can come there, and uh, they have it set up now, so they can come in, and uh, they know this is because they have to sign in to the computer there. Right. So they come in, they can see it's uh, one person, it's a family of four, it's right. whatever it is, and they give them the uh, food and everything that's for for them. They also now have um, uh, camp. Um, Pampers for uh, kids. diapers, yeah, you diapers, know, for babies, and yeah. everything, yeah, yeah, so, and not just food. You know, they've yeah. got some things. No, like we that. had uh, we had Carrie Johnson on this show mm -hmm. uh, two or three weeks ago, and actually, I was there this morning at the food locker. We're actually going to be doing 
a promotional film for them. Oh, great. We're great. just going to do it, the film office. There's no money exchange. We're just going to do it. Um, so I went to meet with Carrie today, and we're going to interview, you know, her staff, and we're going to – it's going to be a nice film that could be used to sort of promote, you know, the the food locker. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Cause that, and that's good because the um, – they had to redo things when uh, we had some of the storms come because that trailer that was there, they had a lot of office in there. Right. That Flooded, got destroyed. Yeah. yeah. So they're having to redo that. So. so are you working with any other organizations today? Right. I'm on the Mosquito Vet Control Board, um, representing the city there. On the what, sorry? Mosquito Vet Control Board. Oh, you are? Yeah. Is that a thing? Oh, yeah. 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 Um, they have uh, a and lot where, of, where is that, for Sacramento or for Rancho? It's... Uh, it's Sacramento and Yolo County. Oh, so what, what do you do there? I mean, what do they do? Well, they control the, mosquitoes. Uh, yeah, mosquitoes, yeah. and uh, uh, they have um, they keep track of the diseases that the mosquitoes carry, like right. uh, West Nile virus, for instance. Right, right. And um, uh, people don't realize that that West Nile virus is much more uh, dangerous than people think. Yeah, uh, there was a gentleman that came to one of our meetings. And he's um, on a wheelchair and in a, uh, has a, a crutch or a, a cane. And that's all done because of the West Nile virus. Wow. He just got bitten by a mosquito and that was yeah. it? Yeah. And there was a, a lady who was on our board, but uh, she was bitten by, and uh, got the West Nile virus. And um, she had to quit because she was losing her sight. Wow. Yeah. So, it's, uh, so you're on that board? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I've been on that. I was president uh, yeah. about 10 years ago, something like that. Oh, I've been so on about 15, 20 years on that. You have? Yeah. Okay. And then, let's see, the, um, uh, what are we, on, I'm a lifetime member of the Chamber of Commerce. Yeah. And a member of the Community Council. Right. Um, I'm not on their board, but. So uh, you're keeping yourself very busy. Yes. After office. Yeah. yeah. So what's next for Bob McGarvey? Well, I think it's just going to be um, uh, keeping track of uh, uh, and helping the family as much as we can and um, keeping track of the city. I mean, that was one of the things that um, I thought this is one of the best things you could have done is to help this community become a city. Right. And even with the um, uh, people saying, well, you don't have the leadership, you don't have... Um, I said, well, let's see, we've got, when we first began, we had a um, officer that was uh, with the sheriff's department, a lieutenant, and uh, Linda Budge had her own planning commission, planning um, company. Uh, David Sanders got a PhD in microbiology, and Dan Scoland, um, after uh, Dan uh, died, um, Dan Scoland is a moving company, uh, Ken Cooley was on it for 10 years, and then he was in the, went in uh, the assembly. And uh, I've been involved in lots of things. Right. Yeah. No, there's some Rancho Cordova. There's no question. It's, it's a very, very well-run city with some very capable people at the helm. Um, yeah. And Thank it's, you. I, I heard a figure the other day. There's 90 people that work at City Hall, 95 maybe. You know, let's call it 100. So 100 people are running the city. It's and it's a big city. Yeah, yeah, with yeah. a with a lot yeah, I going on. We have on. about thirty three and a half square miles. Yeah, and about 
only a third of it really is in in, in use. Right. Uh, when it's done, um, well, that one area from White Rock Road to Douglas Road, from Sunrise to uh, Grantline Road, that's enough to put downtown Sacramento there. Exactly. Are they actually they're they're building like a bunch of homes there? And I was actually at the groundbreaking. And they said that's the footprint of downtown Sacramento right there, just in those <laughs> homes. There's going to be a high school and parks and yeah. all within that complex. Yeah, yeah they're going to have that. And I think uh, I think there's also planning a uh, uh, middle school also. Yeah. Uh, um, the school there in uh, schools from uh, Douglas to Jan Ryan, Jack Ryan, Highway 16 yeah. down there. Yeah. Um, that um, have two elementary schools. One of them is Sunrise Elementary, and the other is the Robert J. McGarvey Elementary School. Right. Which was quite an honor. Right. To have somebody with, uh, with yeah, so I was, school named was, after that you. That was a question. So there's a school named, isn't it called the Bob McGarvey Middle no, School? It's, it's the the Robert J. McGarvey Elementary School. Yeah. So how did that come about? Well, the um, Ken Cooley, not Ken Cooley. Uh, Let's see, um, Donald Terry yeah. on the council. He was um, on the, uh, he was on the board for board. Elk Grove. Yeah. And he said that um, the school should be named um, after me. Wow. And no one else on the uh, board that was giving the names of the schools um, put anybody else in. Wow. So, so Donald Terry's behind that? Yeah. Is he really? Yeah. Okay. That's yeah. good. No, it was, uh, we were at lunch and... Uh, they had said, you know, I have your wife come too. So we were And you there. didn't know what it was, no? No. no. It was going to be a just regular luncheon for right. the you know council and right. like that. And then um, uh, Donald was standing there and he said, uh, and then we have a new school coming in and it's going to be named Robert J. McGarvey Elementary. So what did you think? Yeah. I sat down. <laughs> yeah. It's, That's uh, some honor. Honestly, is. that is yeah. a really big honor to. Yeah. Okay. Was, so. Yeah, and. Uh, I called the, our um, city manager, our former city manager, Ted Gabler. I said, you know, they have a school named after me now. He said, usually they wait till you're dead. Yeah. I said, <laughs> yeah. I said, well, they didn't. So so do you go there? Do they have yeah. you as guest of honor? Yeah. Yeah. yeah I'm going to be the one going there either tomorrow or the next one because uh, they're almost uh, ready to go for the uh, end of the school year. But that school, like a lot of ones in Elk Grove, it's a year-round school. Uh, they have about three-quarters of the kids there all the time. Uh, they don't have really room for all of them there at once. Oh. So you have about three-quarters of them, oh. and that one quarter of them, teachers and students and everything, are gone for a month. And so uh, track A was the first one, then B and C, and D is off then. And then they come back, and then A goes off. It just goes like that. Right. And uh, you can get a lot done with the uh, students that way. But it's actually working out pretty well. My wife was uh, working for the Elk Grove as a teacher for 27 years in the same school. But hers was uh, year-round also. Right. But she liked the uh, different tracks that she was on. Like she would be off in September. She would be off in January. She would be off in, um, what was the other one see? May, I think. Yeah. So anyway, so the, then the shows you. So you're there for three months, and you're off one. Then you're there, and it really works out well because the kids 
are gone for a month and they can um, uh, learn, but they don't have enough time to forget everything. So they go back to school after one month and uh, they're picked up where they left off. So the end of the school year is going to be probably at the end in June. So the whole thing will be closed for about two weeks Yeah. in July. Okay. And then they'll be going back again. And it's, um, but it's a big school. It's yeah. a beautiful school. It looks like it's almost uh, big enough to be a, a middle school or a high yeah. school that's so big. Wow. Um, so you really are the, uh, the father of cityhood with the school named after you. Everybody knows who you are. Every time I go to an event, you're there um, and everybody knows you. So one of your grandchildren is sitting on your knee and they say, Granddad, how different is Rancho Cordova today to when you first came here? What, what would your answer to that be? That it's a completely different place. It's yeah. uh, uh, something that was um, used by the county. Say when the first year, for instance, when we became a city, um, the first year we got rid of 600 abandoned vehicles. Right. They shouldn't have been there anyway. So that was between you and David Sander sort of spearheaded that, right? That initiative right there? Yeah. 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 George Bernash and uh, actually George was involved in it more. Was he? David, yeah. David kind of uh, came in on the uh, second time around in uh, 1998, 1999. Um, and, um, but why was there so many? I heard that, you know, the abandoned. Why so many abandoned vehicles in this city? Well, a lot of them had uh, a tag on it from the county, but then the county wasn't pulling them away. I see. So they just stayed. A lot of the uh, sidewalks needed needed repair. The roads needed repair. Street lights were out, and right. uh, and then I heard that if um, if a a building owner didn't keep up his property, you would go in and say, "Hey, you got to fix it." That's right. right. Yeah? yeah, and make them do it. Yeah, exactly. And because uh, it wasn't safe for uh, uh, some of the people, if you go in an apartment and there's mold right. and there's uh, going stairs, the stairs are are not safe. They would crack, say, right. you know. Um, so we make sure that the uh, building inspectors uh, make sure everything is done like it's supposed to be, because we don't want people in our city to be uh, unsafe. Right. Um, so, are you still very active today in local politics, other than your board work? Do you pop in and out of the city and get uh, updates on occasion? Usually, I just watch it on the screen. You right. can watch it with the. Uh, uh, on, on the computer and watch it's uh, uh easier that way and uh sometimes it's going to just be important well i'm on the planning commission right and uh we have our own meetings there where the uh, chamber is right or the uh city council right so we're waiting for the uh, uh, next uh, job whatever it will be for the planning commission to right. look at so I'll tell you again. So what's next for Bob Mugabe? Do you are you going to keep active in city politics? Yeah. Are you going to take a back seat? Well, I have I have a kind of a back seat now. Yeah. But on the planning commission, we have a um, direct connection to the city council with the planning commission, and then um, uh, as I said, the mosquito Edge control board uh, they watch 
some the West Nile virus, but there's other diseases that have been found on some of the mosquitoes that uh, are also very dangerous. And uh, so we make sure that the uh, mosquitoes are found. We have traps, we being the uh, Mosquito Badge Control Board, they have traps around and uh, see which ones are there and they test them and they, uh, if you have a dead bird, call them and they'll test that bird oh. to see if it's uh, got the related. West Nile virus or some yeah. others. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The okay. West Nile virus actually was uh, one of the things that um, is very dangerous for uh, for horses, for instance. It'll yeah. kill a horse. Yeah. And uh, it's also it almost wiped out um, a lot of the magpies and the uh, crows because they don't have antiviruses. Right. So... Okay. You can learn all kinds of things uh, about that, but you also have hope that uh, people will pay attention. Yeah. And um, look at your backyard and see if you have uh, water just standing there because the mosquitoes don't need, uh, yeah, the mosquitoes don't need much water to put in uh, uh, more mosquitoes, you know. Does Rancho have a big problem as well? No. No? No, we're, we're uh, fortunate with that. Well, we have... Uh, mosquitoes are here, yeah. But we have been uh, very fortunate, knock on wood, with um, uh, uh, the West Nile virus and some of the new um, diseases that they found. Uh, some of the other spots in the county have had uh, many, many more um, problems with that. Right. Uh, we've had uh, uh, very few actually in yeah. Cordova. Okay. Yeah. So, if in five years, where would you like to see Rancho Cordova? What would you like to see? In five years, I'd like to see the, um, one of the things that we're doing is paying the county. Um, the, uh, about $11 million a, a year. Uh, there is, um, legislation that was passed by the county and then passed by the assembly and the Senate and signed by the governor and any new city um, has to pay whatever the county is, is uh, demanding. And um, they don't want to lose any money when you become a city. Uh, well, in five years, our 25 years that we're paying them will be done. So we will have some money that we have been paying them. Um, it's sort of like um, you had to pay to vote. Right. Because you go to the local agency formation commission and you go through all of the steps you need to do. And then they look and say, did you come to an agreement with the county on the amount of money you're going to pay them? And uh, if you say yes, then you can go forward. If you say no, then that's as far as you're going to go. You don't have any more steps to go in the uh, uh, local agency formation commission. Right. Every county has one. Right. But that stops... Uh, most of the, most of the uh, communities actually when cities began in 19, 1850 um if you look at the history of it there's right now 482 cities Rancho Cordova is number 478 there've only been um since we became a city in 2003 uh there've only been four cities that formed all four of them were in Riverside County and um before that legislation was passed, there were about three new cities a year. Okay. So if you figure from 1850 until, right. yeah, then, right. but then 
when that so passed. So the, the money that Rancho Cordova pays the county, they don't have to, and and they'll they'll stop paying it. Is that what In you five mean? Five years. Yeah. yeah. That's and the that's roughly eleven million dollars. Yeah. So that'll be a saving. So they. Oh can, yeah. 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 So they could do something else with it. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. We can we can uh, uh, look at some of the other things that we could do in the city. Yeah. The people have been so fortunate and uh, so kind to uh, pay a school bond, for instance. Right. That uh, the theater there at Cordova High School was passed with a bond. The uh, two-story science building at Cordova High was passed and built with a bond. Um, the city's uh, citizens passed a bond um, in 2014 half cent sales tax. And then I think it's 2020 or 2019, they passed another half cent sales tax. Right. All of it stays in the city. Right, right. That's one of the things the state can't take. Right. So we have some wonderful things going on. We're getting our cities, our streets redone, sidewalks redone. Um, it's, they're really looking It's all nice. been reinvested. Yes. So the Community Enhancement and Investment Fund, which is something a lot of people take advantage of, including us, that is all result from the sales tax bond, right? Yeah. 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 Um, okay. Is there anything else you want to bring up? I can't think of anything. We've been no. covering a We've lot of covered, territory. Yeah. But uh, there's a... Um, a lot of people that uh, I think will be in the next five or ten years will be uh, going for the city council yeah. seats. You know? um, it'll be interesting to see how well that goes. Um, you know, David Sander, for instance, has been one of the original members. Uh, Linda Budge is one of the original members. And um, they're still on the council. Right. And the other t three are people who have been in since right. the original time. So Garrett Gatewood, how long has he been there? Uh, Garrett since 2017. Okay. We um, picked him out of the people who put in their names to take over when um, Dan, Dan Scoglin died of a heart attack. Uh, so we had to get someone to take his place for the rest of his term. So he was appointed. Yeah. Yeah. And then and then he ran. Ran right, yeah. on his own. Yeah. And Donald Terry? Donald Terry ran in uh, 2012. Uh, when Ken Cooley decided not to be on the council oh, okay. and so run for the assembly, Ken Cooley. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, it's, it's been very interesting. Yeah, it's yeah. very interesting. Well, yeah. listen, Bob McGarvey, thank you very much for being with us. Oh, uh, you're more than welcome. We always end the, our shows, people who listen, with a quick fire round of fun questions. Can <laughs> I ask you some of them and see how you do? Of course. Okay. So what is one word others would use to describe you? Oh, interesting. Interesting question. I would be described as, can I say two words? Always here. Everything, anything you like. Yeah, that's it. I've been around for a long time since uh, when I was uh, signed to the Air Force in 63. My wife and I got our house in 67. We moved once, yeah. about three miles from one house to another. But that's it. You've only moved once in all that time. Yeah. Really? Wow. Okay. So, what is that one word? Um, um, I am uh, reliable. Reliable. Um, dependable. Um, uh, well, reliable. I think reliable is a good one. Okay. What is one word you would use to describe yourself? Fortunate. 
if because you because could... my uh, uh, in 2000 they had a heart attack in 2000 they had open heart surgery um, and then 2000 or 1968 is when I had that motorcycle accident right. and so and you're still here looking very, very good to me yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. If you could be one person for a day beside yourself, who would it be and why? Oh, let's see. And it could be living or dead. Uh, Abraham Lincoln. Yeah. And why? Because uh, he had a wonderful way of saying things. Um, to cover um, what he wanted to say, and he could tell people they didn't want to hear it, but right. he'll tell them anyway. Right, right. And and um, I think that would be it because it's uh, he was, as anyone knows, quite a quite a character. He was, quite a, quite, yeah. What is something about you few people would know? I don't know how many people know I play the piano, play the organ. When you I do? was in the Air Force, I uh, stationed in Louisiana. Um, I was the organist for the choir, and I would play the uh, organ. Uh, and they would have a speaker that would go outside across the base, and I uh, lowered the flag sometimes when the music wasn't working. So I would okay. get through on the key on the organ and uh, lower the flag. Wow! Or, uh, at Christmas time, I was there in 1962 and uh, played Christmas music. Okay. Uh, and then I was an organist for the uh, uh, small chapel here at, at uh, Mather. Okay. So I wonder how many people know that. Not many, I would imagine, right? Yeah. Um, what is your biggest pet peeve? Uh, best peeve. Well, it's one thing that irritates you more than other things. Um. That people won't listen to others. Yeah, they like they only hear themselves. Right, but that's about the extent of it. Right, and that's uh, frustrating sometimes. Yeah. That's big people... in the politics world. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and finally, what is the biggest lesson you learned from your mother? Music. Music. Yeah, and my what's... sister and I, my older sister and I, um, were taught harmony by our uh, mother when we were. Uh, wow yeah and is that um, where your piano skills came from yeah she yeah. played the piano too yeah and my uh, sister was uh, um, much better than me and i thought i've got to take lessons so i can be as good as her yeah you know how it is with so those competitive brother or sister yeah. competition that's yeah. right and then i have um three bro had three brothers and a sister um uh, we would go around uh, neighborhoods in our uh car the family would and look at the christmas lights and we would sing um christmas carols as we looked wow. we would sing it in a four-part harmony wow it was uh something we really enjoyed yeah it was, uh, now you got that from your mother yeah and what is the biggest lesson you learned from your father um i guess maybe to be stubborn to be uh, uh to do what you need to do and that's i think what he did uh, he was. Um, he worked uh, at the, in the Seabees. Uh, uh, that's construction battalion at, uh, in World War II, out in the Pacific. Right. Um, and 
uh, worked for DuPont's and uh, you had to be there sometimes. I think we didn't want to, um, but that was what he did because that was his job. Right. That was his, uh, what he want, what he should do and that's what he did, what he thought he should do. Well, we've been speaking with Bob McGarvey. Many call him the father of cityhood here in Rancho Cordova. Bob, I've been trying to get you here for some time, and finally here we are, and it's been an honor to speak to you under these circumstances, and I thank you very much for being here with us on the Rancho Cordova podcast. Uh, thank you very much. I appreciate it. So there you have it, folks. You've been listening to the Rancho Cordova podcast. Please visit our website, which is ranchocordovapodcast.org. Um, you can ask us any questions or send along any show suggestions. And thank you for listening and until next time.